Wildlands. I'm Matt, and today's episode is brought to you by West End Sports, Northeastern New Brunswick's five-star Yamaha dealer, where you're sure to find something that revs your heart. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about everything coyote hunting. So let's jump right into it. All right, so today uh, I'm going to be on here alone since uh, David is up north working right now and uh, he was unable to record these episodes before leaving for his uh, his turnaround. So this episode is something that, uh, you know, I enjoy very much. Uh, I really like getting out there uh, coyote hunting when I get the chance. Uh, it's mostly done for us up here. It's, it's our winter hunting. It's all we get to do uh, from pretty much December to April. And you know, um, it's, it's something I say, uh, we only do then, but I don't know about anybody else out there. But I mean, if I'm sitting out in a deer stand or a bear stand, and I hear or see a coyote, whatever I'm hunting turns into a coyote hunt. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know why that is. Personally, it just intrigues me in it. And the challenge of it, uh, just bring something really, you know, fun and and satisfying to hunt for coyotes. But what we're going to talk about on this one is like the whole different setups uh, that here in New Brunswick we we use. Not necessarily, I shouldn't say setups, I should say we'll cover everything from rules and regulations uh, to equipments to what works best, what I find works best for me. Uh, and what we'll start off with is exactly that, the rules and regulations. I mean, we did cover this at one point in season one, I believe. And our seasons out here are, I won't say complicated, but I mean, if you're misinformed, you could get you could get stuck with not having the right info and not being covered uh, for coyote hunting when you're out there. So the way it works here is you can buy uh, your varmint license. Uh, which is good practically uh, from March 1st to uh, the end of September. And then the beginning of October, uh, you can buy your varmint license, another varmint license that brings you to the uh, end of February. So if you're looking for strictly varmint, that's the way to go. Uh, And what happens with that from uh, March 1st, to uh, the second week of September, because it's always before moose hunting, you do not need to wear hunter orange for varmint hunting. Now, the fall season that starts October 1st, uh, if you have the varmint-only license, you still need to wear hunter orange. This is during our whitetail season and our small game season. So that's one thing you got to know is when you need to wear hunter orange, even if you're hunting, you know, coyote. Um... Then you also have the, like we talked about in the season one, is if you buy your bear license, it includes automatically varmint. So after the bear season's done, you can continue hunting for varmint. But in that, in that scenario, during bear season, you are allowed to use, uh, you know, large calibers, 30 6 308, you know, pretty much whatever you want to use. But once the season is done, you have to come back down to a 22 caliber, 223, 22, 250, you know, 204, uh, which is, I know, not a 22 caliber, but anything under 22 caliber. And then again, the same thing when a fall bear or if you buy your deer license, 
you're allowed again to hunt with something larger than a 22 caliber. And I mean, you can still hunt with a shotgun during the 22 caliber, but it has to be size BB or less. Uh, bow hunting is always allowed for coyote as well. Now, for me, like I said at the beginning, I know I prefer to, to coyote hunt in the winter months, uh, just because I find it easier to get around, uh, funnily enough, get easier to get around in the snow, uh, you know, uh, they're easier to spot, you set up in ground blinds, um, it, it does present some challenges, now don't get me wrong, uh, a good fall coyote hunt in, in grassy fields are fine, but around here it's not something that we have much access to, so we're usually hunting them in, in you know, woodlot choppings, uh, where the, the clear cuts have been made and will set up accordingly with the wind. Now, again, when I say this brings certain challenges, I mean, you're lugging your gear through the snow. Uh, it's a lot harder to set up. It's cold, obviously. Um, but the biggest one for me is when it comes to calls. I mean, any animal, any hunt that I can, uh, that I can do that I have to call the animal in. I don't know about you guys, but... For me, there's just a, a not necessarily a satisfaction, but a the 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 complexity of it, which makes it very interesting uh, and and gratifying to to be able to say that you know the effort you put in to getting the animal you are after into range, you know it's it's not a spur of the moment thing. You can you hear either hear the response. Or you get them turning, you get them coming in, you see the curiosity out of them, you know, you're, the excitement of it builds up a lot more than than like a over a food plot or over a bait station. Or, you know, to me, that's why moose hunting is so great. Uh, coyote hunting, I love calling them in uh, when I go sick of deer hunting. You know, hearing those things call and come in, and it's it's to me, it's, it's just the way to do it. And again, in the winter months, you're faced with two problems for me. If you're going with the traditional, you know, read call that you're you're calling, you're blowing in there, and you're calling them yourself, I find that the the most fun way of doing it. But the cold presents a problem because the moisture from your breath gets in your call, and next time you come to call in there, it's frozen. I mean, I've tried to have it in my coat, um, you know, had it in a in a pocket with some hand warmers I mean they still end up freezing up they can sometimes freeze up on you like right in the middle of a call you know you're hitting this good series of calls and all of a sudden your your call just freezes up on you so that presents a very big problem for me and if anybody out there has a solution to this I've heard people say they uh they spray like some kind of alcohol in there let's say Something that doesn't smell too much, uh, just to, you know, keep the smell down. And it'll stop it from freezing, but I've never tried it myself. Um, that would be the biggest problem for the traditional, you know, normal mouth call uh, for me. And again, if anybody has a suggestion out there for how to remedy this. And I mean, don't forget, uh, I know a lot of you guys probably hunt coyotes during the winter as well. Um, but our temperatures up here in New Brunswick are quite cold uh you know you get the wind wind factor in there and everything so i mean if there's suggestions i'd love to hear them now 
uh, I off, I mean, I do have the electronic collar as well, which is, you know, what ends up being our, our call because of the freezing up. But then we fall into the problem of uh, battery capacity going way down. I mean, I've seen myself sitting out there and, and hitting the call and everything's going good. Right in the middle of the series of call, the battery just dies out or my remote won't get the range out there anymore because either the battery in my remote or the battery in the the unit that's out there just won't have enough power to pick up the signal. So again, that's another issue that I uh, I struggle with. Uh, I know, I believe some people out there either hook up some kind of solar panel maybe to their, their systems. I think there's some of them uh, that offer that. Uh, if so, if you guys have solutions to that, I would love to hear about them. We'll talk about them on another uh, another episode. But the electronic caller, uh, to me, you know, proves to be very efficient. It's it's I like to say foolproof because I mean you know it's it's directly recorded to to the animal or the animals that you're trying to imitate. Now. I would really like to hear your opinion on this. If it's something that you prefer, what what do you guys prefer? Do you prefer the uh, the traditional way or the electronic collar? Did you do you still bring both like I do? And every once in a while, you know, I like like I say, kick it old school type thing. Uh, I'd like to know for for you guys what uh, what your preferences are and if there's a series of calls that you guys prefer. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, it's the jackrabbit or the uh, cottontail. Uh, I'm using the uh, Extreme Dimensions Phantom series calls with the sound sticks. And I believe I have, I think Predator Quest came out with some sticks for them a while back. I have those and then I have the the uh, Extreme Dimensions Coyote call sticks that came with it as well. And uh, I've been using that for, for years and it still works great. I, I love it. Um, and at... at some points I did add decoys into this. Now, I had success with two different types of decoys. Uh, there's this one time uh, we went out, me and a buddy, and we had literally just set up, you know, I set up the call, uh, set up, he had this little rabbit, like a quivering, I think it's called a quivering jack, uh, is the name of the decoy. You know, we set that up right next, we had found a nice travel trail, uh, a coyote trail that was running across this road. We set up on the side about, you know, 75, 80 yards away. And I set this, this decoy up right in the middle of the road, about 10 feet from the, uh, from the trail. And, uh, we sit down, we make no noise for about five minutes. And, uh, the decoy's out there quivering away. And, uh, I tell, I look over at my buddy, he's looking towards the decoy and I'm looking down the other side of the road. And I tell him, I said, okay, we're ready. I'm going to hit the call. So I hit the call. I hit the jackrabbit distress and it's going off and I'm looking down the road. And I mean, not within two to four minutes of me hitting that call, I'm looking down the road and I hear buddy that's five feet behind me back to me. I mean, his 22 to 50 goes off and I turn around and me instantly, I figured, well, you know, he, he moved and he hit the trigger. He didn't have the safety on. And then when I look at him, I mean, he said, I missed. I mean, I couldn't believe that a coyote had already come out. And when I turned around and looked at the decoy, the coyote had came running from his trail, 
grabbed the decoy and my buddy says he says when he picked up the decoy he like whipped it with his his neck and i mean sent the decoy you know eight feet in the air like grabbed it whipped it let it go and just kept running because he noticed it wasn't real right away right and my buddy had the mistake of having his scope to like 12 power when we were only about 80 yards away so he didn't pick it up fast enough and and ended up missing but just to say that was uh that was the one time I had a really good success with that decoy. The other decoy that I like to use this game, this was my father's idea. This was what he used. And uh he had a fox uh stuffed. I mean, this is way back and he had it stuffed like head down like it's eating something with the tail up and uh you know it's it's pretty much just imitating the the fox got a got a rabbit or a squirrel or whatnot and uh that has proven very successful as well the coyote kind of focus on that while it's coming in and i mean i've already called them in without having decoys as well but those are the two examples of decoys i like to use uh either it be a quivering rabbit or something that's imitating that it has got a kill and you know what's fun with the the decoys is that they're pretty much going to be focusing on that, meaning they have a, a line of sight. That's where they're going. So for you, you can kind of concentrate on one local area, knowing that that's probably where they're going to be heading. Um, again, for our our type of hunting, uh, where we're not in these big open fields like you see on uh, on some shows that are in the states or some videos, it 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 makes it greatly better for us so you know I'm I'm I don't always bring it out but that's that's my opinion on that now um caliber wise uh you know like I mentioned during the varmint only season we can use uh 22 caliber or smaller now you know a lot of people go to the the 22 250 and the 223 right away uh, which I mean, everybody, ha well, a lot of people have, uh, ammo's usually quite easy to get. Uh, I know there's some places right now that I believe ammo is difficult to get. Um, that's not the case where I'm at. And anyway, I reload most of my, my shells anyway, but what I like to use, I like to, I like to be the one that has something that nobody else has in the caliber wise. And, uh, I've been using now for a quite a few years I have a, a Browning A-Bolt uh, in 22 223 uh, Winchester Super Short Mag WSSM and uh, I love that thing I mean I got that loaded with some uh, 50 grain Nosler Varmageddon I believe and 50 or 55 I'm not positive right now what I changed to but I mean that thing is is just deadly for for coyote hunting and flat shooting long range uh i load it with varget powder as well uh since it's not really affected much by the cold um and i sight in i always still go sight in my uh my rifles for uh when the temperature changes just before you know just before fall i kind of like to go get in there and, and get a few shots at the range to make sure that everything's still somewhat sighted in and then later on in the winter I still will take some shots just to just to make sure but 
you know, uh, my father had a 204 Ruger for a long time, which is another great caliber for, for varmint coyote hunting. Um, during the, during the bear and deer season, I mean, I'm, I'm hunting with my, my 308, which means that if I see a coyote, that's still what I'm going to be, still what I'm going to be harvesting the coyote with. But, uh, you know, check your, check your local laws on that. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about strictly New Brunswick here. I don't know elsewhere in Canada and obviously in the States, you guys have, uh, many different rules on this. But it's just to, to remind guys that, like, there may be different rules out there for uh, varmint than big game. And, I mean, if you're new to hunting or if you're you're getting out there and you want to go out for a hunt, just, just make sure you've got the right gear for it or the right calibers, making sure that, you know, it doesn't give a hunter a bad name, doesn't get you a fine or, or some kind of problems that were unnecessary. Uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, same as Hunter Orange, like I mentioned before, is the same thing. Is really just just make sure that you know what's going on. Proper licensing, proper gear, proper uh, camo if you need it, whatever. Um, I like to hunt them as well out of a uh, ground blind, um, which makes it you know I know some guys will hunt them just like in the field, but where we're sitting in snow uh, makes it. I mean, I do have the white camo, the white, uh, the white out overalls and everything, but I still like to be in the in the ground blind. Plus, it cuts you over the wind a little bit. So, you know, just do it what you got. And if you do enjoy coyote hunting as much as as much as I do, uh, you know, I like to get out there a couple times a winter. Uh, I like to get out there in the mating season. Obviously, there's a little more action, um, but. I'd like to know if with you guys, if you're like me, if, if whatever you're hunting, if it, if you do see a coyote, you do hear one, does your hunt turn into a coyote hunt just like mine? It, I feel like it's, I know a lot of people that are exactly that. If, if the coyote's there, suddenly they drop everything else and concentrate on that coyote. If they can get it, great. Even if they, they ruin their evening of hunting, they'll still be happy of getting that, that coyote out of the way. Um, just the other night, it's too bad I don't have the recording from it. My buddy, uh, his wife was working night shifts, and I think it's when she came home or or she was staying up that night to be able to be ready for a night shift the night the the, the night after. I've never heard so many coyotes howling, uh, and I mean this is ten minutes away from my house, or just outside the city limits, and I mean the coyotes howling were were crazy. And he asked me, he said, you know, am I, I'm outside the city limits. Can you come in and hunt? He's got a little bit of a farm going on. Uh, summertime, he's got pigs and everything. And he said, you know, maybe we should we should get, you know, a hunt on on his land. He's got 100 acres of land. And so we, we went on Google Earth and we started to measure around to make sure that um, we would be far enough from the houses. Because, I mean, for a rifle, it's 400, 400 meters for a... Uh, a rifle hunt and unfortunately the field that he has on his land I think is like 380 meters it's about 20 meters away um I could probably get away with it but I'm still gonna go by the by the law and make sure that it's it's legal uh there's a beaver pond a little bit further down on his land uh 
it's a little harder to get to, obviously, but I might try to get out there. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, coming back to the gear and really what I like to use, um, a good rest for your firearm as well, uh, a good, either a bipod or a, like a, a few years ago I got a, um, like a blind stand that like really clamps your rifle in. Um, I like it if you're confident that the coyotes are going to come out in that general area and you don't have to have a far, far movement. Uh, I like the bipod better for a bigger range of movement. Uh, but I mean that, that, uh, gun stand, you get in there, you clamp it in, you set it up, you sit on your chair, you can call and your gun's always up the ready. All you gotta do is shoulder it when you're ready, which, which proves to an advantage, but, uh, depending on your hunt style, your hunt location might not be the best part of equipment for you. So consider that as well, uh, bipod or a gun stand, um, you know, and then you're calling, practice it. If you're, if you're going to go with the, with the standard read call, uh, I suggest practicing it at home before going out. There's a bunch of videos out there, uh, show you how, you know, get you, get you good at it. And it's, it's kind of fun to, to practice around with it as well. So, uh, that's why again, in the early, in the late season, when the cold didn't hit in, I, that's my go-to right away. Um, Caliber wise, well, if you wanna, if you wanna hunt varmint with a varmint rifle, do your homework. Uh, again, with my twenty, uh, my two twenty three WSSM uh, rounds are hard to find. So if you're, you know, you almost have to be reloading them. Uh, well, in my region anyway, they're hard to find. I don't know about you, but you know, get something that's easily accessible for you uh, that doesn't cost a fortune to shoot. And, you know, something that's fun, not too much of a big kick. Uh, we're not allowed uh, thermal or night vision up here in, in New Brunswick. Uh, I really hope to try that someday. But, uh, you know, I'm running a, a 4 to 12 scope. Um, you know, something that has some good low light conditions because you're going to get them in there, you know, just before dusk or, or just at daybreak. So you, you want something that has good light uh, light capabilities. Um, other than that, I'll be honest with you, coyote hunting is just something that's, that's fun to do. I enjoy it. Get out there if you can, um, enjoy yourself. It's something that you can hunt at least here year round, except for the two weeks during moose season is why I always make sure to have my license so I can, you know, I can have my, my firearm with me when I'm out there, even if I'm not on an a dedicated hunt to it I will still have my uh my 223 with me uh just in case I I do come across one so pretty much like I said I covered uh it was just a really quick one just to not leave you guys hanging for a week till Dave gets back that's that was my whole goal of this um I hope I did cover you know most of the the stuff you need or the stuff I use I should say um if anybody has uh, comments or gear that they like to use that I did not mention, uh, please drop me an email and I'd love to hear about your equipment and I'd love to, uh, hear your comments and tips and tricks. Uh, you know, it was pretty much just getting you guys the info out there. So for the product of the day today, um, I'm going to talk about the, I'm going to, I'm going to pick an electric collar. 
Um, I, this is not the one I have. I've had a chance to uh, use it elsewhere than for myself. Uh, it's from Fox Pro. It's the Fox Pro Inferno. Uh, right now, it says currently out of stock online, so you can't order it right from their website. Uh, you can probably find it Cabela's Bass Pro or whatnot. But this one here, what what I like about this one is really the the simple the simplicity. I like the fact that you can group your calls in sequence that you like to uh, to use them in. Uh, you can organize them by category. Uh, you have a, a button that you can assign for quick access type thing. Uh, it has, you know, the capability to get a a uh, decoy, plug it in there, and you can control your decoy as well. Uh, you can mute uh, easily. You can uh, turn on and off your decoy. Uh, you know, it, you can mount it on a tripod. You can link up more uh, speakers as well you can plug in like a louder speaker to it uh it's it's just i i really like it it's small enough to carry you can put it in your bag easily it's got a handle on there the remote is illuminated so in low lights you can be in your blind or or have it close to you and you can see really clearly what you're doing it's made in the usa which is you know always great i like to have products that i'm not bringing over from from overseas as much as possible uh, it's running at one ninety nine ninety five US. So I mean, it's not the cheapest one out there. It's definitely not the most expensive one out there. But I believe it's the ideal place to start uh, if you're getting into this. You know, but if, you know, a few buddies chip in for this, and and you'll have a great time out coyote hunting. So again, the product of the day uh, is the Fox Pro Inferno Digital Game Call. I believe it comes preloaded with it comes preloaded with 75 high quality sounds from Fox Pro. Uh, it only weighs 1.5 pounds. Uh, great product. I've seen it in use. It sounds great. Uh, lots of you know output for your sound. Definitely worth looking into if you want to get into coyote hunting. And with that said, uh, I would once again really like to thank West End Sports here in uh, northeastern New Brunswick for sponsoring the show. You know, uh, I know for a fact that uh, my good buddy there at West End, uh, big time hunter, uh, you know, really likes to support the show. I'm really proud. He, I'm really glad he, he's supporting it. Uh, I'm happy that I get a chance to to return the favor and promote West End Sports, get out there. Uh, you know, check them out online. If you're from around here, definitely, you know, think of them for your next your next product. Uh, if ever you're you're down here on a hunting trip and you need something, you know, at least you guys know that there's a there's a place out there that is top notch quality on products, top notch quality on service. Uh, so again, thank you very much to our sponsor, West End Sports. And on that note, I will let you guys go and. Uh, We'll be back in the studio with Dave probably on the uh, on the next couple of episodes when he gets back from work. Cheers, guys. Thank you guys very much. Yeah.